So it's almost Esther's birthday, which is really exciting. What do you want for your birthday? What? All of the hippo stuffed animals. So hippos are your thing? Okay. Well, that's, that's achievable, I think. Purple hippos. That is very specific. That rules out quite a few hippos, I would think. I'm out. Unless I hold my breath. Yeah. Uh, welcome. Where were we? It's good to have you with us. Um, if you are visiting or if you have any prayer requests, we encourage you to fill out this piece of paper in your bulletin and drop it in the bucket on your way out or communicate with us through our website if you're with us online and let us know how we can be in prayer for you. Um, we are in the midst of our summer youth sermon series and we have a save the date for August the 21st, we're going to host a ministry fair after church that will include lunch and areas where we are in need of volunteers. There will be people chasing you around the room with clipboards, etc. But it's a good time and a good opportunity to kind of see uh, what all goes on around here and where you can plug in and help out. So I encourage you to mark your calendars for that. Should be a lot of fun. Um, let's see. I think that's about all the announcements I have. Um, summertime, so not a ton going on around here. Uh, we do have a youth group and parents meeting coming up. Is that a week from today? Of course it is. I knew that because I set it up. Yes. <laughs> all right. Um, so if uh, you have a youth, 6th grade through 12th grade, um, which, Brenda, you don't anymore. Nope. You're done. You graduated. You still have a youth next to you, yes, or one who acts like one. But, um, so that's coming up a week from this Sunday. Is that, that's in the evening? Okay. I think I said six. Yeah. Did I tell you about that, Joe? No. You're just, you're just like, how am I, what am I going to do with this guy? All right. So, okay. All right. I think that's good. Um, tell you what, why don't we have all the important people come down to the front and you two. You brought your backpack? Your backpack has Hippie the Hippo, a VeggieTales book, and what else did you say was in there? A notebook. Okay. Because you're going to take notes on the children's chat? Maybe not. <laughs> Good morning, Lance. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. So, <coughs> can you read for us just verse 2 of Psalm 18? And what I need y'all to do is listen for and count the number of names that are given to God in this verse. You ready? All right, you ready? All right, here we go. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, and whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, 
my stronghold. How many did you get? Four? I got closer to ten than four. I got nine. You got eight. That's nine. What? You got two? Well, see, it is tricky because eight could be correct if you don't count rock twice. So, <laughs> so the, it says rock yeah. twice, right? Yeah. Am I wrong? No, it does. Yeah, it's got rock in there twice. Why, why would the Bible call God a rock? Hmm. Because of the rock that rolled away from the tomb? Uh, that gets a gold star. <laughs> <laughs> what, what color do you want? Well, you want purple, but I don't have purple. Blue is your second favorite color. Coming right up. All right. You just connected. Hold your hand out. Flat. There you go. Right there. You get to wear that. All right. Good job. She connected a psalm to the, to the cross and the resurrection. I mean, come on. It's like, okay, where were we? Rock. Rock. So why would the Bible call God a rock? Why else would the Bible call God a rock? What do you know about rocks? They're hard. They hurt. They can hurt. Yes. They're heavy. Okay. What about a really, really, really big rock? What can you not do with it? You cannot pick it up. You can't. You could kick it, but there will be consequences to those actions. Yeah. So, Lance, why do you think? The Bible calls God a rock. Because he's like our, our grounding. He keeps us grounded. You can't move it. All right. So when life is like going crazy and things are changing, like maybe you're changing grades, going into you have a new teacher in the fall, right? You have new things happening. What's one thing that never changes? How much God loves you. Good job, Pipes. What, what color do you want? Yes. Blue, too? I'm going to run out of blues pretty soon. There you go. Hold out your hand. There you go. Perfectly done. All right. So where were we? Rock. Rock. Again, same thing. Right? Life changes. There's one thing that never changes. It's God's love. It's like a big giant rock that never moves it never changes it never goes away it's always there for us how often does god love you uh, very much very much how, like just for a couple of weeks no. how long forever. forever exactly very good i think i think they get yeah. it yeah you want to say a prayer for them but will they go to hope for kids and then we'll get started sure all right uh dear god um, just help us uh, receive our message that God is our rock. He loves us forever, and no matter what, he'll be with us. If we're changing grades, new teachers, going on vacation, um, he will always be there for us. In God's name we pray, amen. Amen. Y'all have a great time and hope for kids.
All right. I got you something. Oh, yeah. I never picked that up. There you go. Very nice. So that's, that's a big boy Bible. The last Bible you might have gotten here would have been just like a youth study Bible. Uh -huh. This is a study study Bible. So you know how it works. You got the Bible at the top, the study notes at the bottom. So if you're reading something and you don't fully understand it or you want to understand it better, you can read the notes at the bottom. Those are pretty reliable notes. But the notes aren't the Word of God, mm -hmm. just the stuff at the top. Um, but uh, that might come in handy in life. Oh, yeah. All right. And I also, yeah, I got you the tabs so you can find the books. So if you're like at a Bible study in college, that's a, that's a hint. Yeah. Um, and uh, there, there's like a Baptist there, and they say, turn to Ezekiel, and he just whips it open, and he's <laughs> right there, and you can, you can like get there pretty okay. fast that way. All right? Okay. All right. So you're going to use that? Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, you can set it here. Let's let me see it. There you go. Let's put back. it here for now. Okay. Well, good morning. Morning. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Just All a little right. tired. <laughs> yeah. A little tired? Yeah. Been working the docks? Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, your name is? Lance. Lance Kale. Lance Kale. Not just Lance, but Lance Kale. Mm -hmm. All right. And... Uh, you are in what grade? 13th grade. 13th grade. Yeah. Uh, you're done with high school. How does that feel? It feels great. Yeah, mm -hmm. good, good, good. Um, and you're headed off to collage. Mm -hmm. At the University of Texas. University of Texas. That's that little community college in Austin? Yeah, yeah, yeah just a little one. Yeah, just yeah. a couple hundred students, I think. You got you to hook them back there. Oh, yeah. Couple of Aggies, though they're not. They're not. You know, the tension builds. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's okay, Savannah. You can still listen to him. He hasn't. He hasn't been contaminated yet. Yeah. Just accepted. Yes. All right. You're gonna bleed, burn orange. I'm sure I will. Yeah. I'm not sure quite you yet, will. But too. I'm That's sure okay. That's all right. Um, so let's see. What uh, what activities were you involved in in high school, Lance? We want to get um, to know you a little bit. Football, lacrosse, Boy Scouts. Uh, Eagle Scout, no less. Yeah, Eagle Scout. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. We have a very nice playground to show for yes. it. That yes. was a good project. Thank you. Um, okay, football. What position did you play in football? Uh, running back and linebacker. Okay. So you got wheels? Yep. All right. And lacrosse, I don't really know the positions of lacrosse. Play defense. But I've seen you play. Yeah. And you have one of those long sticks. Yep. And you whack people with it when they try to score a goal against mm -hmm. your team. Yes. All right. Yes. That's everything I know about lacrosse. They just beat the tar out of each other. That's all you need to know. That's yeah. all you need to know. Uh, which sport is more fun? It's probably lacrosse. Really? Yeah. All right. Less stressful. Less stressful. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, what else do we need to know about Lance Kale? What are you doing for work this summer? Uh, I'm working out at Horseshoe Bay Marina. A marina. A captain, yeah. All right, a captain. Yeah. Means you take people out in boats. Yeah. So I drive boats all day. You yeah. drive boats all day. That's a rough job. Yeah, very rough. I feel really bad for you. I have to work really hard for that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, and uh, how's your love life? Well, <laughs> not many people in a, in a Granite Shoals, Texas, so. So it's, it's, it's kind of at a. At a standstill. On pause. Yes. All right, yes. fair enough, fair enough. I think that might change in a couple of months. Yeah. I'm just yeah. guessing. So, all right. Um, 
Have I embarrassed you yet? No. You mean to keep going? Sure. No, I, no. I really got, I got nothing. I got, I got no dirt on you. I got nothing. Yeah. All right. Um, so when we started this series, um, we asked each of our youth during youth group Bible study during the school year to come up with some area of their life where they were um, experiencing some level of difficulty, stress, strain, whatever. Um, and you at the time were going through something. You want to share kind of what that was? Well, yeah, it was uh, kind of late fall, early spring, uh, you know, college admissions, of course, a uh, lot of uncertainty, um, a lot of unknown where you're going, what's going to happen. Um, so it was basically just a lot of stress over what was going to happen in the future. Okay. All right. And uh, so your, your, uh, your college decision had not been made yet. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of uncertainty kind of floating around you mm -hmm. at the time. Um, and then we, we began an exercise of having y'all read various scriptures that identify different names of God, different ways of accessing aspects of his character. And you were drawn to what? Uh, Psalm 18. Okay. Verses one th and it wasn't one name, it was multiple names. Right, <laughs> yes. And, and so when we, when we opened up Psalm 18 and we got to verse 2, we realized, like, oh, this is, there's a lot here. Yeah. Okay. So I originally picked my rock, but then turned out. It was bigger than that. Bigger than that, yeah. Okay. So um, let's, let's say a quick prayer, and then we'll have, I'll have you read Psalm 18, verses 1 through 6, and then we'll start working our way through. Mm -hmm. Does that sound good? Mm -hmm. You want to dial or hang up? I will uh, I'll hang up. All right. Father God, we invite you into this time. As we open your word, we pray that you would open our hearts, that you would speak to us this morning um, and remind us of your love for us through your son, Jesus Christ, through his sacrifice on the cross. We acknowledge to you our need for that sacrifice, and we thank you for your provision of that love, grace, and forgiveness that are ours through him. We pray for those whom we know and love who are sick or facing uncertain diagnoses, and we pray your healing mercies upon your people. We pray especially for Dean and Helen Johnson this week, and we just pray you would be close to each of them, ministering your healing, your grace, and your peace. We lift before you this nation, our leaders at every level of government elected and appointed. We pray for wisdom and discernment in the decisions that are before them. We lift up our troops here at home and around the world, and we pray your protection over them. We pray especially for those who are in harm's way. We ask you to bring them home safely. We lift up those who've returned home changed as a result of their service, and we pray your healing mercies over them, mind, body, and soul. We pray that you would use us to minister that healing to them, and we lift up your church here at Hope and around the world. We ask for your wisdom and guidance and uh, in all the unknowns in the world. Give us guidance um, and vision to see into our future. Um, we know that you have a plan. Um, give us 
help us as we go through a lot of change here in the next couple weeks, um, going to college, um, help us, um, all the people who are traveling for the summer, give them safety as they uh, go travel. In God's name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. So let's open it up. Psalm 18, Psalm 18. verses 1 through 6. Hit it. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me, the torrents of destruction assailed me, the cords of shoal entangled me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress I called upon the Lord, to my God I cried for help. From his temple he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. Excellent. So we decided to approach this passage a little bit differently. We're going to start with um, kind of the human condition and then move toward uh, that call to kind of turn to God and then look at who God is that we're turning to. So we're going to start in verses, not in verses 1 and 2, but in verses 4 and 5. Um, and so start us off here. Tell us, tell us what, what, the, what is this aspect of our shared humanity that we're exploring here? Well, what we were ex uh, exploring is like the main uncertainty is we don't know, we were discussing is we don't know when we're going to die. Right. Yeah. We don't know when the day that we're going to die, how, when, and that's the root of all uncertainty in this world. Okay. So to be human means we have an expiration date. We just don't, we can't don't find that. the stamp. Yeah. Right. Um, and so there is an inherent uncertainty to life, which kind of complicates everything. Um, and our first, our first... I guess, step in this passage and, and moving through this passage is going to be to just acknowledge that uncertainty mm -hmm. that there, there is, that is part of life. And we're healthier when we just face it and say, yeah, I have no idea when, where, and how this is going to play out. I just know that, you know, there's a God, he's got this, but we got to get from here, the uncertainty to that place where yeah. he, okay. Um, so, David, in verses 4 and 5, um, is calling us to face what? Face death, right in, right in his face. Okay, you know? so yeah, face our own mortality, face, own face what's, you know, yeah. this is it's a sort of an ultimate uncertainty. Um, and when we were talking about this, um, there were kind of two different conversations that, that came out of this, this part of the passage. Um, one was that there's like, the human response, and then there's the response God wants. Mm -hmm. There's the the human answer and the God answer. Uh, what does that mean? What I, I thought it was a great contrast that you brought that out. Those were your words. I thought it was really good observation. Take us through that just a little. Yeah, bit. you had created the example of, um, you know, you're in an elevator and it suddenly starts dropping or falling and falling to your death. Uh, the human answer is like, oh crap, like. What do I do? Oh no, I didn't get to say like bye to everyone or right. 
but the God answers like, okay, there's a plan, there's a reason for this. Um, God, okay. God wants you to say, uh, you know, that, you know, it's happening for a reason. You're, you're, um, it'll be okay. You know, something will happen. Maybe a miracle, or I don't know. Good. And so I loved that when you when you brought that contrast out, and it doesn't really matter whether you're in a falling elevator or you're, you're facing a, like the, a decision like what college are you going to go to, mm-hmm. right? There's the, ma- there's the human answer and there's the God answer. And so you might be on the, on the scale from 1 to 10 of something that's truly life-threatening and placing you in kind of ultimate uncertainty. Uh, you might be a 1 or you might be at a 9.5, but there's still a, a, man a-, a human answer and, and what God wants us to... Yeah. Okay. And uh, I, th- I really thought that was good, just to, you know, like how often is my initial response just pure humanity, right? And it's usually uh, a working through that would get me to the God answer. But, okay. So, to face our mortality well, we have to admit what to ourselves, we have to admit that you're just not going to know. You, 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 don't, you don't have to know. So yeah, the, there, there's an unknown. The, yeah. In the human response, there's, there's a profound unknown. And then sometimes from where we are in our response to where God wants us to be, there's quite a bit of... There's a big distance. Yeah. Big distance. And so to admit both the unknown and the distance between our current reality and where God wants us to be is sort of a good starting point. Um, and David, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I said this when we were talking about the passage, like sometimes, sometimes David's kind of a drama queen, yeah. right? Um, so the cords of death encompass me, the torrents of destruction assailed me, the cords of Sheol entangled me, um, the snares of death. Like he's, he's, he's not lying, yeah. he's not making it up, but he's definitely uh, playing a pretty strong card. Um, and there's this, this distance between where we initially respond and where we end up. Um, what is the other thing that David is, is trying to encourage us to do here? To kind of, uh, put, put your, put it into perspective, put your, um, your fears, fears, your unknown into perspective, knowing, like sorting it out, saying, okay, here's what I've done so far. Here's like, what are the chances that that this happens? Okay, so just to make this a little more real for everybody, so you're, you know, spring semester of your senior year, you've applied to all your colleges, and you had a first choice, mm-hmm. which was? UT. And they told you? They told me no, originally. They told you no. Yeah. How, how did that leave you? Uh, just kind of angry, like, oh, I should have done more. Um, like, I didn't do enough. I could have done this extra stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. and and at that point, it's kind of like you've done everything you're yeah. gonna do, and and I'm sorry, what extra stuff could Lance Kale have done? Not much. Okay, yeah. I'm just checking because nah. you were like the leading scorer on your football team. Yeah. You got great grades. You're an Eagle Scout. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So there was somebody in the UT admissions department who was just a fool. I guess so. Okay, we just want to be clear about that. Um, but you got, you got no as an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And where did that leave you? Um, well, I just looked, I had to look at my other options, what could happen, you know. Um, originally it was, you know, I could have done more, what can I do? And then I kind of just realized, you know, there's a plan somewhere here. You know, it kind of happened for a reason. Um, okay. I, re I appealed the decision and then eventually got in. Um, you appealed after the decision. The second round, yeah. And then some intelligent person in the UT admissions office saw the appeal. Yeah. Good. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there's this point where you're, you're kind of blaming yourself, what should I have done more of, which I don't really know how, what else you could have done, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then there's this point where you sort of realize, wait a minute, this, I've done everything, I can, this is out of my hands, mm -hmm. I'm not in control anymore. Um, and then there's this sort of placing into perspective, how did you do that? How did you put being told no by your first choice into perspective? Uh, I just kind of, you know, looked at everybody else um, that had either, you know, gotten their decisions back and everything. Looked at the, you know, big picture. Okay, there's not the end of the world. Um, there's plenty of other options. Okay. Um, yeah, just realizing it's not this, you know, it's, it felt like a nine and a half. But it really, yeah. But it really is, is way lower than that yeah. on the scale. And, uh, you know, but it is it is sort of a, a bizarre um, point in life, right? Because a lot of the, a lot of your future will hinge upon the, the relationships you make in college and, the, and what you study and how you do and the, the networking connections that will extend from that and mm -hmm. into the rest of your life. So this yeah. is kind of whole life, big stuff. Um, but uh, so here we were. And so you, the, you're in the middle of all this and you're, your stinking pastor tells you, like, give me something you're struggling with, and you're like, I just got rejected by my number mm -hmm. one choice. Yeah. Um, and uh, so David sort of articulates facing his fears, his mortality. You had your own kind of run-in with reality. Um, and once you've acknowledged that uncertainty, what is the next thing you see in this passage? Um, you got to do something about it or okay. figure out, you know, how, how can I get help for this? Okay. Um, so you turn to God. Okay. Know, yeah. Yeah. So this call to relinquish that uncertainty to God, to put it in his hands. Um, David uses the phrase to call upon the Lord. I, I call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised. And then um, in verse six, I called upon the Lord. He, he says it both in the present and the past tense. Mm -hmm. Um, Take us through that verse three first and just what you saw there. It basically says, um, that he, God will, well, he's, be, he, he's worthy to be praised. So he's, uh, you know, he's, he's good enough to do the, to, uh, take care of it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, he's got this. He's, yeah, he's got it. Okay. Yeah. Right. He's up to the task. And then he calls. And then in verse 6, um, it shows that he responded by. Yes. That he's actually there. He may not seem, um, maybe a little far, but 
he responds and he will and it may not be a direct like talking to you it could be something else it could be just you know um maybe someone working in the background but yeah and we we talked about how um in verse 3, David reminds us, like, when we call upon God, we're, we're calling on somebody who's capable of answering. Mm-hmm. So we've got the capability, someone whose purpose is to deliver us from our uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then verse 6 tells us we, that we, we can know that God hears us. And we talked about how most of David's life, at this point, most of his adult life was spent in exile. So he was not near to Jerusalem. The, the sort of common understanding was that God's dwelling place was on the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies, in the what was at this time in history, the tabernacle, the portable temple. Um, and that was held in Jerusalem. It was kept there. And David is in exile, so he feels very far from God, right? Mm-hmm. We, we talked about how that feeling is very real, in the, especially in the midst of uncertainty. Um, but David knows that he can call out to this God who's supposedly in that temple, and even from where he is in exile, that God yeah, will listen. He heard, he heard him. Okay. Um, tell us, just unpack that for us a little bit. What does it, what does it mean to know that God listens? Uh, just to know that he, he will help you. He'll help you out. He'll do whatever he can. Um, there's something, there's a plan. Like, going mm-hmm. back to it, there's a plan. There's something. It's, it's not the end of the world. Like, yeah. there's always going to be um, a next step for you, um, another opportunity that God will create for you. Good. So he cares about what we're going through, and he's, he's not as distant yeah. as he may seem mm-hmm. at times. Um, how, so you got, did they, did you get your no by letter or by email? How do they do it? Uh, email. Email. Yeah. How'd that feel? Oh, not very good. And yeah. if you were to characterize where, where you felt God was in terms of closeness to you in that moment, where was he? Pretty far. Pretty far. Yeah. Felt far. Yeah. Felt far. Yeah. Um, and so there is this, um, this need to sort of acknowledge uncertainty, to then relinquish that uncertainty into the hands of a God who really isn't as far away as he feels. And then we get into what drew you to this passage in the first place. And, and that is this, this call to lean into God's character. Mm-hmm. And then you see his character like David does a phenomenal job of like just it's it's like a fireworks like it's this ex- explosion of mm-hmm. names that he almost can't get enough of them into mm-hmm. these next two verses so um once you read verses one and two yeah. for us again and then take us through your breakdown of that I love you O Lord my strength the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer my God my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Yeah, and I get about ten different yeah. names there, right? Oh yeah, that's that's a lot. Um, 
And so t- we, we spent some time trying to like group these names together and, and determine what aspects of God's character were revealed by these names. Take us through those discussions, if you would. Yeah, we, we, we kind of found the, the first grouping is, is, well, my original name is Rock, um, and that kind of tangled together with strength, fortress, stronghold. Um, just so he, he's like reliable, always there, yeah. a constant, okay. um, something to fall back on, mm-hmm. um, keeping you tethered. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, he's that. I think that that constancy of the of the nature of God uh, is well articulated in this passage. Like, however uncertain life may be, there's not any uncertainty as to His presence mm-hmm. and strength. Okay, um, so you saw you saw words that spoke to God's reliability as as to His character. What mm-hmm. else did you see? And then uh, we moved and saw that. Um, and with refuge and shield, we um, kind of under his protection at Good. all time. We can we can know that whatever we're doing, um, we're always going to be safe. You know. Good. Um, so you have a God who is revealed as reliable, a God who is revealed as protective. What else? And then um, we saw my deliverer, the horn of my salvation. Um, this is kind of part is where he's, he is your savior. He's going to do, he's doing the work here. He's going to equip you with tools um, and actually help you out then or, or mm-hmm. make some action. Good. Yeah. On your behalf. On, yeah. And um, so the horn of my salvation um, Describe, can, do you remember what that is? Do you remember that conversation? Uh, a little bit. Tell um, me what you remember. I mean, in my way of thinking of the horn of my salvation was like, you know, horns um, take like the brute force of things. So um, kind of guides your way through or, or gives you brute force through um, through anything for okay. t- t- towards your salvation. And the specific horn that David is referring to, do you remember that picture of the altar we looked at? Mm-hmm. And the corners have what on them? Uh, trick question. Horns. Horns. Very good. Um, yeah, so this is, it's, a, it's an image that David is evoking that that's would only be understood by Jewish people mm-hmm. of the time who had seen the altar of sacrifice. But what happened on that altar? Like if, if you had a sin that needed forgiveness, what would you do relative to uh, that altar? Use a sacrifice a lamb. Yes. Mm-hmm. You would take a lamb to the priest. He w- you would wait in a line because there's other sinners around us. I don't mm-hmm. know if you noticed that or not. <laughs> um, and uh, you would take this unblemished lamb to the priest, and then what would happen? Uh, you'd sacrifice it, and then you would eat it. Yes, you would sacrifice it, then you would cook it on the cook altar, and, and some of that meat would be, or and the fat especially, would be burned on the altar, and that's the sacrifice you're giving to God. Then the priest would take a cut, hmm. uh, and then you would take home to your family the remains uh, to, to eat. Uh-huh. And so 
when David talks about the horn, his, you know, his God is the horn of his salvation, he's, he's basically saying, like, what's that pointing to? That's a children's chat question. Uh, he's your savior. He's your savior. Um, that that his son will be born to take away the sin of mm-hmm. the world. That he will be sacrificed on our behalf. So David is basically, you know, this is prophetic in the sense that David is basically saying it will be God mm-hmm. who will come to take away our sin. I can't take away my own sin. A lamb can't take away my sin in reality. It only represents the Lamb of God who will come to take away the sin of the world. Um, so, yeah, that, um, you, you sort of, you did a great job, I thought, of, like, all of these names evoke something. Mm-hmm. And I thought your, your insight as to what the, each name sort of spoke to was good. And then we were looking through the rest of this psalm. Which was a long one, yeah. Which is a long yeah. one, yes. And um, you came across a section that you really liked, in particular a couple of lines, mm-hmm. but we're going to read those uh, probably seven verses or so. Um, this is a can you read those for us? Yeah. And then we'll, okay. Uh, verse 31. For who is God but the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? The God who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation and your right hand supported me. And your gentleness made me great. You gave a wide place for my steps under me and my feet did not slip. Great. And, uh, you know, I think we both, when when we were reading through the entire psalm, we realized this is a great reiteration mm-hmm. of verses 1 through 6. Um, and tell me about the, as this is sort of in summary of, of your message, but there were a couple of verses in here that really stood out to you. Take us into those. Yeah. Um, first one that stood out was verse 36. You gave a wide place for my steps under me and my feet did not slip. Um, and then uh, the other one was verse 34. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. Um, I just like this because it was a re kind of application of the names and the values that we had just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of given you the tools. Er, these were just applied tools of, mm-hmm. you know, to guide you through life, um, to guide you in anything you do. So if, God has given you the tools and you're doing the best you can, then um, you can't really do much else. It, right. You know, the, the rest of it will unfold. You may not like the way it unfolds, but if you do the, your best, then there's a plan and it'll work out. Yeah, and that's sort of a, a lather, rinse, repeat, mm-hmm. right? So you, you, um, you go back to uh, that call to acknowledge the uncertainty in any situation, and then you relinquish that to God, and then you pick up those tools that give you strength. You know, that's it's sort of a mm-hmm. you know repetitive cycle in life, um, where you you, know, you maybe face a setback, you you try to put it in perspective, and turn it over and pick back up 
what God's given you and, and move forward. And um, so, uh, you know, the next time that you, you face a no, whatever that may be mm -hmm. in the course of life, what's your plan? Turn to God. All right. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, you want to uh, dial or hang up as we close in prayer? Uh, I guess I'll dial this time. I'll, I got your back. Uh, dear God, um, like we talked about, um, help us realize that we can turn to you for help in times um, of uncertainty. Help us, give, uh, help us guide us through um, a lot of the change that we're going to be going through in all of our life. And Lord, I lift up uh, Lance to you. I just pray your blessing over him in this next stage of his life, uh, that your word would continue to take root in his heart and flourish there and bear fruit in the lives of those around him, that other young men uh, at UT would um, be drawn closer to you by knowing him and seeing the example that he sets of what a godly young man looks like and does. And I just pray your blessing over that whole endeavor that lies ahead of him there and we all give you the uncertainties in our lives we acknowledge that uh, we get ourselves into situations we can't get out of and we turn all that over to you and we pray for your strength uh, for you to be the rock of our salvation to reinforce within us uh, those aspects of your character that you have put there for a reason lord help us to see your plan and your purpose in our lives and help us to uh, live out your word in the fulfillment of your will. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Good job.